Hello everyone, my name is Madison David. Hello, I am Larkin Lane. Hi, my name is Hunter Jacobson. Hi, my name is Kate Manson, and this is my plan for being successful in the future. For this podcast, I plan to interview my father, who has grinded his whole life in the business world on multiple different frontiers. The first approach that I take to fulfilling my purpose in life is to help others. Okay, so my first question is, what do you think the best trait a good leader has? There are so many people in life that want the American dream, but for me, on the other hand, I'm talking about my future and what it likely will be. You're listening to Notes from Above the Line, a podcast by the Leadership Fellows Certificate Program at Montana State University. My name is Joe LaVisca. It's fall 2020, and you're about to hear from the students of Leadership Foundations. Leadership Foundations is a class that teaches students foundational skills to lead across personal, organizational, and global scales. Students in this class learn to use shift moves, bringing themselves from unconscious leader behavior into a leadership practice that is open, curious, and committed to learning. In this podcast, students have answered the prompt, what is the future I am creating now? They considered the implications of their habits and behaviors, both good and bad, for their future selves. Coming up, each student will read their answers to the prompt and then present a short interview clip that they conducted with a leader in their lives. I'll play the students' contributions back to back, and then I'll rejoin at the end for some final thoughts. Okay, ready? Enjoy. Behind those eyes, who is watching? Hi, my name is Kate Manson, and this is my plan for being successful in the future. I feel as though if I continue my current behaviors and activities, success will likely be in my future. I have been working on improving many aspects of my life, but mainly becoming more self-aware. Up until recently, I believed that I had a nearly perfect perspective of reality, but I came to the realization that my thoughts were far from the truth when somebody extremely close to me brought up hurtful things that I had said and done without realizing the impact they had on that person. In addition to continuing my learning, I stick to my goals by making lists of things to do and work on. I make these lists on my phone and I look at and revise them frequently. For example, I currently have lists titled self-improvement, to-do, and workouts. Each of these lists help me stick to a different goal that I have, including improving my relationships with others, staying on top of things, and exercising frequently. More specifically, in the self-improvement list, I've written, do not be hypocritical, be honest, communicate thoroughly, be kind even when you're tired, and give 100% trust. I started this list specifically to improve just one of the relationships in my life, but I quickly found that these practices apply to all of the relationships in my life as well. I started my self-improvement list before I began reading the 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, but I have found that the skills that I've written down directly align with the commitments from our texts. So far, I have found this book to be extremely insightful and interesting. I want to continue to learn from this novel and use the ideas from the text to improve my leadership skills, relationships, and overall life. Commitment 1 has had the largest impact on my future success thus far. Our text defines the commitment of taking radical responsibility as, I commit to taking full responsibility for the circumstance of my life and for my physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. 
I commit to supporting others to take full responsibility for their lives. Since reading the first commitment, I have committed to taking radical responsibility for my life now and in the future. I also plan to share this novel with some of my family members and close friends in order to introduce them to the idea of taking full responsibility in their lives as well. If I continue my current behaviors and activities towards working to become the best version of myself, success will likely be in my future. For the interview portion of my podcast, it is my pleasure to introduce my boyfriend, Tanner Huff. Tanner has been practicing leadership in the football program at Butte High School. He was recently voted to be one of the team captains. So my first question for you is, what does being a leader look like for you on a day-to-day basis? For me, it looks like you have to be the hardest worker and show up to things on time, like be like 30 minutes to an hour early for everything and uh, just lead by example and get out what you put in. So I just want everyone else to feel the same way and like try and make everyone better because that makes me better. And how do you help others if they're kind of not motivated or kind of down on themselves as a leader of the team? Say like with summer weights that we had, people would be skipping and I kind of took the job upon myself to reach out to them and ask them where they've been and tell them that they need to start showing up in order to help the team. And So you were encouraging people and then they started to take responsibility for themselves once they kind of got a little push? Yeah, like they finally decided to not do it just for them, but to do it for the people around them and realize that just their presence is a big boost to us. And Do you have any suggestions for people who would like to be in your leadership position someday? Um, I'd say the hardest workers are usually the leaders because you want to be pushed by others, but you have to push other people too. So that means going out of your comfort zone and accepting like a challenge because in life there's a bunch of challenges and you have to be willing to take them and not really worry about the outcome like just go your hardest do your best and like try and improve every single time you like get challenged to do something Next up, we've got Suzanne Loviska, who you might notice uh, bears the same unusual last name as I do, and that's because we are related. Suzanne was planning to take a leadership class anyway, saw my name in the registrar, and decided to sign up for a class taught by her distant relative. So let's hear from Suzanne next. Since childhood, I've been a strong believer that our life has little to no inherent value. When the sum of human life stands just above 7.5 billion, the intrinsic importance of a single human is essentially nothing, especially with millions of people being born every week to replace and even surpass the death of others. While this outlook may be perceived as grim, it leaves us with an incredible ability, the ability to create our own purpose in life. Although I've been on Earth for a relatively short period of time, I've decided that the purpose that I have given to myself in life is to help others. 
While some may argue that this value system is an inherited trait, or others say it's a conglomeration of life events, I believe it's a combination of both, which leaves me to feel most fulfilled when I'm helping others. As I avidly work to create a future in which I can devote myself to helping those in need, I must not waste my opportunities to provide support for those around me in the present. Therefore, I have created a multi-pronged approach to being an aid to the most people that I can throughout my lifetime. The first approach that I take to fulfilling my purpose in life is by helping those around me on a weekly and daily basis. I strive to provide emotional support for my friends, family, and even strangers in my area. One of the greatest human abilities is the capacity to understand and interpret the emotions of others and analyze their needs as an individual. By using this skill on a regular basis, I'm able to improve my ability to help others. Many of my greatest friends have been made through recognizing their needs and approaching them through a kind and non-intrusive manner. I'm confident that by using this technique, I'm not only perfecting my ability to help those around me, but in fact creating a spiderweb effect as many of those people are now able to help those around them once their needs have been addressed. It's important to remind myself that helping people now creates a better future for the whole community, rather than getting stuck focusing on the future for myself. By providing constant encouragement to my peers, I'm able to help them pursue their dreams, which generates prosperity for them and their future friends, family, and acquaintances. Thus, the main way in which I'm producing a better future for myself is by working to improve the current world around me. While helping those around us is important, it's also important to focus on our future. The best way I would like to help those around me in the future is by becoming a reconstructive surgeon. However, this line of work entails a fairly grueling process. Every day I must study and toil in academia in order to accomplish my goal of being accepted into med school. By laboring every day, I'll be able to create a future in which I'm able to travel the world, providing inexpensive surgical opportunities to children suffering from birth defects. In many rural areas, the lack of education about common birth defects, such as cleft lips, leaves these children to be demonized and often cast into the streets to starve as their parents believe they're a curse on the family. By providing my services to these areas, I can not only spread hope and life to young children, but I am able to spread education about birth defects to these areas in hopes to provide a brighter future for children in the area with such birth defects. The importance of accomplishing this goal holds a colossal impact on my life. However, in order to be able to accomplish these goals, I must work tirelessly and avoid falling into my habits of procrastination and laziness. In order to keep myself motivated, I simply think of all the people that I'll be able to help once this hard work pays off. While I could never be sure exactly what the future holds, and I do not know if all of my efforts will even be enough to get me into medical school, rather than spending time trying to predict the future for myself, I choose to spend my time focusing on how to improve the world around me on a daily basis, while also working hard to provide a good future for the world around me, but never expecting to be able to predict the unknown. Hello, I am Larkin Lane, and this is my podcast for the Leadership Fellows Project. 
So speaking candidly, it was the fourth commandment from our book, and it was one that I would like to highlight within my own podcast. Um, a great model that was brought up in the book was talking about to reveal or to conceal, and it laid out that if you withhold, you withdraw and eventually project. And on the flip side of that, if you reveal, you connect, and then you own. A good passage or little part from the book about this states that whenever we withhold or withdraw, initially withdrawing is often subtle. We slightly pull back from the other, we no longer fully engage with them, and then we justify our disengagement and view them through the lens of our own judgment. I felt this to be very true and relatable, and that is why I chose this commitment, because I could reflect upon it and see situations where I've done it in my own life. I think we can all look back and see within our past and even our current relationships certain circumstances where this has happened and we have not spoken candidly. For me, I think the biggest reason as to why I don't always speak candidly is because I don't like conflict and I wish to avoid it if at all possible. I have a particular roommate who loves to cook. The only problem with this is he doesn't enjoy cleaning up as much as he loves to cook. So the first month or so we were living together, there always seemed to be a pile of dishes in the sink and a dirty kitchen. At first, I didn't reveal it to him that this bothered me because I was just getting to know him and I didn't want to create conflict within the house so soon. From withholding and not letting him know I felt, I created a judgment that he was a messy person and somewhat of a slob. For another couple weeks, I viewed him in that lens and could feel myself distancing from him. After we read about this um, commitment in class, I knew that if I wanted to have a good relationship with him, I'd have to reveal my um, feelings about it. And I liked this roommate and I wanted to have a genuine relationship with him. So I knew that I needed to talk to him about it. I finally brought it up with him and had an honest discussion about how I disliked that our shared space was always dirty and kindly asked him to clean up more. After that, he agreed with me and said he'd do a better job. I know this is just a small example and it's not a super challenging situation to overcome, but it just highlights how we can practice speaking candidly in everyday situations, whether it be with our friends, our families, peers, coworkers, and many more. Also, I think speaking candidly can be related back to the first commitments we read about, which was talking about radical responsibility. The commitment goes on to say, I commit to taking full responsibility for the circumstances of my life and for my physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. The last part about taking um, responsibility for your own like mental and emotional well-being, I think to, in order to do that, you need to be able to speak candidly because if you don't, you're just internalizing all your feelings and not like letting the person know and not like giving any chance for it to be fixed. So therefore you're not gonna be very happy. So I talked to my high school coach, Hunter Terry, about this. He was, I always thought of him as a great leader, a very genuine person, and he's an excellent coach. He coached at Bozeman, he's still coaching at Bozeman High School Soccer for the Varsity Boys. And he's been there, I think, for about 10 years now. And please welcome him here. Okay, so my first question is, um, what do you think the best trait um, a good leader has? Man, the best? Or one of the best. Well, you know, I mean, man, there are so many. Okay. So one of the, we're kind of the class is based off a book and it's like 15 commitments of leadership and one of the Uh commitments we talk about is speaking candidly so pretty much just saying what's on your mind and they put out a model that says like if you withhold like information 
and like you ended up withdrawing and then you project and so that's like the unhealthy side of leadership but like on the flip side is when you like reveal you connect and you're allowed to have like stronger more genuine relationships rather that be like personal or like professional i just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that like yeah i i'm a firm believer in that and i really think that there is a lost art of having candid conversations yeah and i think we do need to say what needs to be said now that that being said there are also times when you also need to recognize Mm -hmm. that you're being immature yeah right and and let me give you let me give you an example of one for myself so somebody was upset with something that i said yeah they kind of called me out on it Mm -hmm. i did not agree with them and i was kind of perturbed that they would even bring this to me you know i i told myself right away that i'm not going to disagree with this person i'm going to listen to what he has to say because at the end of the day it's his opinion and he's entitled to his opinion the thing that i needed to do was to receive that information accept that information i can take that information and decide what direction i want to go in um for sure Hello everyone, my name is Madison David and I will be sharing for the Leadership Fellows podcast. Today I will be sharing my passions called The Journey to Happiness. As one grows up, it's hard to know what you actually want. There are so many people in life that want the American dream. To grow up, get a job, make lots of money, and show others how much money you have. This is great for some people if that's what they actually want. But for me, on the other hand, I want a family. To raise kids of my own, get a job that I will actually like working at. But most importantly, I want to be happy. Too many people these days live a life with so much surrounding them and putting them down that they do not know what happiness is anymore. I never want to be so deep into a job that I do not know how to be happy. I plan to create my own happiness through the decisions that I make in life, whether that be where I go to school, who my friends are, who I'm dating, and most importantly, how I feel. From coming to school at MSU, I have learned that life can be challenging sometimes. You might not always see the good in life, but that doesn't matter because you should look to what brings you joy. For example, I started school at MSU as a freshman and was not going to stay on campus. I had no friends, but I was also a quieter person. As the book, The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership states, making the choice to take full responsibility is the foundation of true personal and relational transformation. Just as the book states, I need to take responsibility for my time at MSU and work on those relationships myself and stop blaming others. I need to do this with everything in my life because being honest and taking responsibility will bring me more happiness. Challenges with relationships in my life won't always come back to MSU, but they will also come back to the future. So much of life revolves on the people around you and more specifically, your relationships that you have with them. There are going to be times where people upset me or make me mad, but in order to be happy, I will have to see the good side to things and speak how I truly feel instead of withholding emotions. According to Deathmer, the author of the book if we all speak candidly and don't withhold facts thoughts feelings or sensations it greatly increases the probability that collectively we can see reality more accurately
In other words, what the authors are saying is that people need to be honest with each other and do not hold feelings inside. I need to practice letting go of my emotions because I tend to keep them in. From this happiness within relationships, I will be able to let go of stress and come to a calm state of mind where I will not have to worry about things in life. Even with seeing the difficult parts in my life, I can see the true happy moments. I plan to keep having this happiness throughout life and even more. With, imp- with implementing being completely responsible and speaking candidly, I will be more able to see where my life is headed and how to bring joy on the way. I hope that the rest of my future holds true to how I believe and sh- and how it should be. No matter what in life, I want to be happy. Thank you for listening to my journey to happiness. Next for the podcast, I will be interviewing Nixon David, my little brother, about leadership. I believe it is important to interview younger individuals about this topic because it's such a huge, broad um, topic in life where everyone should learn at least something about leadership in a young age. And I want to see where his stance is on it currently. Hello, this is Madison David, and I'm going to be interviewing Nixon David for our Leadership Fellows podcast. To begin with, I'm going to ask a few questions. Nixon, what is your definition of leadership? Well, leadership, my concept of leadership is being something important and leading people to greater heights. What, in your view, what does a leader do? Help make decisions and help people make help people like to greater heights. Do you think a leader should always tell the truth? Yes. Why? Because then they're honest and then people will follow them maybe into the wrong place and and then it could be mishap. Have you ever been a leader? Once. Will you explain? Sure. Well, we were doing something about my fort. Uh, I was bu- building with Ford and Zane. And I was telling them where to put the boards and telling them where to put the nails. I just got to jump in here and give a huge thanks to young Nixon David for allowing himself to be interviewed by his big sister. That's a brave thing, young sir, and uh, I admire you for it, and I hope you keep lifting people up through your life. You know, uh, your story about building a fort with your friends, you can you can translate that into a job if you want uh, down the road. Next up, we'll hear from Hunter Jacobson, who interviewed his dad, whose name, unfortunately, we didn't get, but... Uh, These are two grown-up kids who have a lot of knowledge about leadership, and clearly they enjoy spending time with each other. So let's listen to Hunter and his dad have a conversation. Hi, my name is Hunter Jacobson, and for this podcast, I plan to interview my father, who has grinded his whole life in the business world on multiple different frontiers. My dad has always been someone I've looked up to in my life, and I know that his knowledge of leadership in the business realm comes from a very experienced and successful standpoint. I'm now joined with my dad... Say hi. Hello. 
Okay, and uh, I have some questions for you, Dad. But first, would you like to give a brief synopsis of your background in the business world and with leadership? Well, I've, uh, I've, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I've done a lot of things. But in the business world, in a, in a leadership role, right? Well, I started a business when I was 23, uh-huh. um, a chain of bakeries. Right. Uh, I With grandpa. With, with my dad. Um, I, I went and uh, bought into a car rental company and, and ran that for about 22 years. Yeah. And recently um, got into the aviation business, into the helicopter business. And I'm currently starting a software company. Right. And during that time, I'd imagine that you've been in a leadership role in lots of different scenarios. And you've been in management, right? I have been in management my whole life. Right. Okay. So that makes you qualified to talk about leadership to a certain degree, you'd say. I think I've been successful. Okay. (laughs) So now I have, I have like, uh, some questions. Okay. So what do you believe to be your most important attribute that predicts overall success and then success in the workplace? My most important, your most important attribute, personal attribute, personal attribute. Uh, Well, I suppose beyond hard work, um, to be successful, you you've got to have personal integrity and honesty and and humility. So you got to kind of have that package. Um, the same question, but success as a leader to other people. Well, I mean, if you're going to be a leader, you're going to lead people. Right. And to lead people, you got two options. You can tell people what to do, or you can motivate people. Yeah. Yeah. Simply telling people what to do isn't isn't leadership. It's just being a boss. And bosses are mostly ineffective. Yeah. So. And, and that's highlighted a lot throughout the book that we're reading in class what, right uh, now. What's the book? It's uh, The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, A New Paradigm for Sustainable Success. <laughs> Sounds cozy. Yeah. There's kind of this this to me or as me idea in the book, whereas like you view life as it happens to you or it's controlled by you. Um, and I think it's very important. The locus of leader, control. The locus of control. Uh, yes. yeah. yeah, the locus of control. Yeah, there's the uh, internal, external people. There are people that think that, uh, you know, they're just uh, a stick in the stream. Right. And then there are people that, that think they're rowing their own canoe. So I yeah. am... I am in control of my life. Yeah. And I own, I've got a, 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 I think if, if you can stop doing it and it doesn't kill you, it's, it's a function of choice. So Mm -hmm. everything we do is a function of choice and you have to own those choices, all of them, every decision, every value decision, all of them. And the faster you realize that, I, I think um, people fight that. I think young people fight that. Uh, I know I probably did when I was your age. Mm-hmm. But the faster you can learn that, the farther along you'll be on your way. 
Is there anything else you'd like to say about leadership? Well, I would say that it is the followers that determine the leaders. That's how it should be. Yeah. So yeah. it is. It is the people under you that determine how 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 good of a leader you are. Mm-hmm. It's not your superiors. So. Well, that's a good note to end on, I think. I think I think so. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me interview you, Dad. All right. I hope you get a B. Oh, <laughs> I probably will. <laughs> Take that mask off. You don't need it anyway. Every day you got the mask on. It's the same old song. Every day you got the mask on, I know it feel kind of wrong, cause every day you got the mask on, another piece of you is gone. I really appreciate how many angles these students took in answering this prompt, and really the diversity of ideas that resulted. You know, we heard about value systems, work ethics, struggles and successes from well-established leaders like Hunter's dad to leaders of a new generation, like Madison's little brother. And it's just really gratifying for me to hear how deep these students were willing to go with their inquiries and how vulnerable they were in their essays and interviews. Y'all knocked my socks off at this project, for sure. Notes from Above the Line is a project of the Leadership Fellows Certificate Program at Montana State University in collaboration with the Systems Zoo. Special thanks go to Stephanie Lindsay, Josh Meyer, Dan Short, and Madeline Kirch for all their in-house support, and especially to the students of HLD 121 for being the intrepid students of life that they are. I'm your host, Joe LaVisca. Every day you got the mask on, I know it feel kind of wrong.